there's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. I hope everybody is doing well out there. Jim! Jim! Hey, you guys! They went and did it. They they went and did it. They they somehow have indicted President (laughs) Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, there's a will, there's a way. You know, you can do whatever you want if you really think that you want it that bad. And uh, if anything, we realize that our judicial system... I mean, guys, listen... Our judicial system has failed us, and that's as simple as that. That's it. I mean, I don't know. And if you want people to respect the judicial system, but this is we know we knowingly have this going on, we have to absolutely recalibrate what we think our thin blue line, the justice system, is really doing. We have a now a failed republic when we have different well, uh, sort sides. Of Jim, the Jim, Sorry. we've had a failed republic. True. Okay, we've had a failed republic for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was this gentleman a long time ago who was born in Grand Chute, Wisconsin in 1908 on a farm. Um, in a family of nine children, he was the fifth born. All right. In 1942, shorty, shortly after the U.S. entered World War II, this man joined the United States Marine Corps. And uh, his college education qualified him for a commission. He entered as a first lieutenant in the United States Marines. And uh, there, he served as an intelligence briefing officer with a dive bomber squadron. He went on to achieve the rank of captain and moved into intelligence. After getting out, this man ran for Senate. And, you know, in 1947 to 1957, he served this country. And interesting enough that as the Cold War tensions began to rise in this country, this man alleged that numerous communists and Soviet spies and sympathizers had infiltrated the United States federal government, universities, film industry, and elsewhere. Ultimately, he was censored by his cohorts in Senate for refusing to cooperate with and abusing members of the committee established to investigate whether or not he should be censored. They didn't get a committee together to investigate whether there was a communist infiltration, but instead they investigated him. The term McCarthyism was coined in 1950 in reference to McCarthy's practices, was soon applied to similar anti-communist activities. Now, think about this for a second. McCarthy, Mm -hmm. he came out and attacked many people within our government, the the enemy within, all right? Right. He he accused the Truman Truman administration, Eisenhower. He supported Mm -hmm. Kennedy. And you got to understand that him and Kennedy were friends. Hmm. Now... He said that there was 20 years of treason before Truman, and he was right. And I can get into why he was right. Mm -hmm. He came out and said that elitists in government, 
Congress and Senate and the White House partake in sexual acts, orgies, and rituals. He said that they had infiltrated our universities, academic systems, all of our politics and the bureaucracy. This is in the 50s. This is in the 1950s. Yeah. Okay. Not, not 20 years ago. 50s. That's 70, you know, some years ago. Hmm. Okay. Now, McCarthy was heavily censored. And uh, he ended up dying well in office in Bethesda, Maryland. And interesting enough, there's a lot of rumor after his. So, and if you go back and, and you know what's interesting about history or historical channels is they don't capture the public sentiment, what people were thinking about during these times. But if you go back and talk to people about this, what they'll tell you is many people believed McCarthy. Many people understood that this country was under attack even that far back. And it all happened. Because of what happened in the 1920s, in the 1930s. Have you ever heard of something known as the business plot, Jim? Uh-uh. No. It's also known as the Wall Street push or the White House push. It was a political conspiracy in 1933 to overthrow the government of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt and install a military dictatorship. Really? The business plot all right, went out there and tried to recruit Three-star General Smetley Butler. You ever heard of Smetley Butler, Jim? No. Hmm. 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 This is my. This is my. Uh, this is my education day. I thought we were going to have free for all Friday, but I'm getting educated. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, listen to this. I, I like it though. I love it. Major General Smetley mm -hmm. Darlington Butler, nicknamed the Maverick Marine, was a senior United States Marine Corps officer who fought in the Philippine American War, Boxer Rebellion, Mexican Revolution, and World War One. During his 34-year career as a Marine, he participated in military actions in the Philippines, China, Central America, the Caribbean, during the Banana Wars, and France in World War II. Butler was, at the time of his death, the most decorated Marine in U.S. history. By the end of his career, Butler had received 16 medals, five for heroism. He is one of the 19 men to receive the Medal of Honor twice one of three to be awarded both the Marine Corps Brevet Medal, along with Nendel Novell, or Wendell Novell and David Porter, and the Medal of Honor, and the only Marine to be awarded the Brevet Medal and two Medal of Honor, all for separate actions. In 1933, he became involved in a controversy known as the Business Plot, when he, was, he told the Congressional Committee under oath that a group of wealthy industrialists were planning a military coup to overthrow President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. With Butler selected to lead the march of veterans to become a dictator, similar to fascist regimes at the time. The individuals involved all denied the existence of the plot, and the media ridiculed the allegations. The final <coughs> report from the Special House of Representatives Committee confirmed the majority of Butler's testimony was true. Butler later became an outspoken critic of American wars and their consequences. In 1935, he wrote a book called War is a Racket, where he described and criticized the workings of the United States and of foreign actions and wars, such as those in which he had been involved, including large American corporations and the imperialist motivations behind U.S. wars, thus predating U.S. President Dwight Eisenhower's military-industrial complex speech by 25 years. After retiring from service, he became a popular advocate, um, speaking at veterans and pacifist churches and so forth. Okay, now, you're probably wondering, like a lot of other people out there, is mm -hmm. 
how did all this come about? Well, there's a few different things that happened of why the businesses, these corporations, begin to see an opportunity with veterans, okay? Right. Now, and I'm going to try to get this in in the two minutes. July 17th, 1932, thousands of World War I veterans converged in Washington, D.C. and set up tent camps and demanded immediate payment for bonuses due to them according to the World War Adjusted Compensation Act of 1924. Right. Um, Walter Waters, a former army sergeant, led this bonus army. It was encouraged by an appearance of retired Marine Corps Journal Smetley Butler, a popular Marine figure at the time. A few days after Butler's arrival, President Hoover ordered marchers removed and the U.S. Calvary, U.S. military, Calvary troops under the command of General Douglas MacArthur destroyed their camps and violently removed the veterans. So this is why they, they, they could see that uh, the veterans were, were mad and angry, okay? Right. So there's more here to get into. There's a lot to get into, and I'm going to explain all of this today. And, Jim, you can chime in when, when uh, we, we get into this. But this is going right. to get interesting, fun, and we're going to follow the rabbit hole to current days. And we're going to understand why this whole business plot, Smetley Butler, why all of this, McCarthy ties directly into what's happening today. And this is no joke, people. This is the, this is the real history that you're not taught. Did anybody out there know that there was something known as the Bonus Army that settled in Washington, D.C. for months demanding to be paid their bonus in the middle of the Great Depression and the federal government denied them and then turned the United States Army Calvary under General MacArthur onto them, of which... They had violent incursions against veterans and violently removed them. Hmm. Now, doesn't that sound odd? But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lay it all out of why all that came about, why those events were allowed to happen, why Smetley Butler was approached, and who the people who approached Smetley Butler were, because he named them. He named them. And then... We're going to get into not only who they were, but who did they become? And that's the most important part, to understand what's happening today. We're going to talk about this here and much, much more when we come back with Dr. Light Show. We'll be right back. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. 
Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skin care, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. And so we're going to go down. And I know there is some news today, guys. Trump has been indicted, and I want to kind of get you to why that's all happening. I want to like give you the history of what's really going on here. We have been asleep at the wheel for decades. You've that's why we're here. There's yeah. actually a book out there that came out in 1976 called by Gary Allen called None Dare Call It a, a Conspiracy, which was conversations with him and a, a former senator about I such think, things. Um, but going into this, we started with McCarthy. and then so we I went think to, McCarthy's a bigger key to this whole story than you realize, though, Josh. McCarthy is, sat and there and verified everything that JFK was talking about, about these child-sacrificing, demonist little weirdos out there that have been infiltrating our government. And guys, we could call them communists. You can call them leftists. You can call them Marxists. But these, this is the evil they just put different labels on it. It's like it's like the red dye. They just change it to another thing. They call it flavoring now. I mean, guys, they have been doing this all along. We just been asleep at the wheel. Don't talk about uh, politics or religion at the kitchen table. And now there's no fathers in the home, and there's no God in the home. Answered, asked, and answered right there. McCarthy was way ahead. I didn't realize that he was talking about that stuff so early on on the other on the other part of it. Well, and I he, knew was he was doing with, the anti-communist. He, he was part. friends with Kennedy, but so. This goes back to a lot of things that were happening during this time, okay? So mm-hmm. Smetley Butler, the Bonus Army, came about because the country was in the Great Depression, as well as the mm-hmm. country was bankrupt during this time. Now, there's a specific reason why the country was bankrupt during this time. There's two specific years that you need to pay attention to. The one Do date it. is December 23rd, 1913. Jim, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Sir. Did you know that... American citizens used to have the final veto on Congress through their powers derived through the Constitution. Really? Did you know that the American citizen used to be in control and in charge of what? Well, I know that. Yeah. 
Okay. No, 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 no. Of, of, of how much the federal budget would be each year. Did you know this? Oh, really? I didn't know we had input on that. I thought we had uh, public servants that were supposed to do our bidding. That's right. Prior to 1913, if the federal government wanted to have a budget, they would have to go out there, create a budget, send it to the approvals, but then they would have to send it to the Treasury, and the Treasury would have to sell the bonds. If the Treasury did not sell the bonds only to, to American, American citizens, to the American oh. people, if the American people did not buy the bonds, then they didn't they get their budget. Run the government. Then That's they couldn't beautiful. run the government. That That's was a system beautiful. that was developed by our founding fathers. I love it. Well, guess what I love happened it. in 1913? That uh, all went away. Jekyll Island. Yeah, Jekyll Island. The, the Federal Fed Reserve Act of 1913 mm-hmm. passed in on December 23rd by less than 50% of Congress in session no. and signed in by Woodrow Wilson, which later he would come out and say was the worst mistake that he ever made as president of the United States. Now, we need to go back to that bonding system. Hey, government, you, wanna, you want us to like you? Well, <laughs> you better not piss us off because we're not going to buy your bonds. I love it because that is a two-man saw. If we don't buy them, you don't get your funding. And if you don't treat us right, we're not going to fund you. Instead of the forcible incarceration and slave system we have now, we could have actually pick and choose our government. Beautiful. Josh, I love you, man. I'm like, I'm going to give you a big well, hug. Jim's taking notes. Guys, Jim, well, Jim's taking notes. All right. All right. The Federal Reserve comes in. Well, here's the thing about the Federal Reserve is this was not meant to be – a temporary solution. When they when they passed the Federal Reserve Act, the way it was petitioned to senators and congressmen to pass it was, hey, let's do a 20-year charter and see how well this works out. Hmm. And they said in 20 years, if it's not working out, if this system doesn't work for you, then you can you can cancel the charter and go back to the Treasury. And they're like, well, okay, we well. bankrupt 20 years later? It went bankrupt 20 years later. Well, hold, hold on. Now we go oh, into the right. roaring 20s, yeah. right? We go into the roaring 20s, and this new fiat banking system comes into play, which is still backed upon gold and silver, right? right? But what do people do? People have real tangible assets. They have land, okay? They have land. And now banks are filled with cash. They're, they're rich with cash. And the banks go out there, the small little hometown banks go out to all these farmers and landowners and say, hey... Do you need some cash? They're like, not really. I'm kind of happy with what I'm doing. They're like, well, listen, this is really easy. It's a guaranteed system. We've got the Federal Reserve in place now. You don't have to worry about anything. Let me give you some money. You put your land up as collateral. You put your land up as collateral. Okay? I'll just loan you a little bit of money. And then you can go out there and use it to build. And people began building with this money. This is what was known as the Roaring Twenties. This is where industry was started skyrocketing in the United States. But people were going out and taking loans out from the banks and putting their actual real tangible assets up. If people wanted to build a house on their land or expand their house or build a new farm. They would put their land up as a tangible asset. Well, hmm. the bankers knew this, and the bankers saw this. By the way, these bankers, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, these were the same bankers that sat on the board of governors of the Federal Reserve Bank. Well, what they did in 1929 is they went to those small banks and said, hey, there's a banking crisis coming. We're calling in all the loans that we gave to you. So all that money that they injected into the small banks they called back immediately in just one night those small banks say hey i i I don't have this cash on hand and they said well then you have to take the collateral from the people and this caused a bank run eventually the stock market collapsed 
mm-hmm. and the big banks went in there and took over the small banks, including all their assets, including all the collateralization, which was the land. Which this was one of the largest wealth transferences in American history. This happened in 1929. This threw the United States into the Great Depression because the banks, the, the corporations now owned the majority of the land because the people lost it because they fell for this fake banking system. So people were peed off during this time. Mm-hmm. Right, Good. but they didn't have the yeah. money to fight the bankers. This is where you have robber barons that come from, right? Uh, okay. Now enter 1933. We enter into the emergency banking crises. Okay. Mm-hmm. FDR comes out and says, "Hey, we have some." He he ran on the whole ticket of reorganizing. People wanted socialism during this time because capitalism was failing them because of what the bankers had just done. That's why FDR, who is a predominantly a socialist type of president, came into power. And he brought about what's known as the 1933 Banking Act, the Emergency Banking Act. And this did a few different things. Now, the United States during this time was going to end the federal charter with the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. They were going to get rid of it. But yeah. the Federal Reserve came back and said, whoa, hold on. You remember all that money you borrowed from us? That's debt. You owe that to us. And the United States said, well, we don't have that money because our GDP just went down to near zero. And the Federal Reserve said, well, you're going to have to pay for it with the collateral that you're holding. And they said, what collateral? They said, the gold and silver. And the federal government comes out and says, well, we, we don't hold it. The American people do. They go, well, confiscate it. And this is where the Emergency Banking Act of 1933 came out to where they aligned with the, the – um, the plan or the the trading with the enemy act of 1917 and basically said that gold could be utilized to give to the enemy and that they're going to confiscate it from all american citizens to hold it and make it safe for you and compensate them goodly with uh, the newly created federal reserve notes so they confiscated it and put the majority in the new york fed which the federal reserve now had their collateralization and the united states started to go into bankruptcy and the federal reserve said hey why don't you just renew the charter and we will inject capital back into the system and help you guys come no. out of this. And they said, let's do it. It's the biggest con on earth. Man. Oh, it is. It is. Such a con. But, so now 1933, this is, when Sm- this is when the bonus army comes about. Right. This is when Smetley Butter, Butler, right, is, is mm-hmm. approached by this banking cartel, by this business cartel. And told, hey, Smetley, why don't you go overthrow the government? Well, one thing he, that the gov- they didn't know is that Smetley Butler was friends with FDR. Okay? Now, this is where it this gets is crazy, man. interesting. Okay? Right. Because Smetley Butler is like, ah, I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to happen. They had a 500,000-person army for him. Obviously, the bonus army. And Smetley Butler immediately went to FDR. He went to Congress. And they did nothing. They did nothing. Now, you got to remember, this is in the 1930s. Going into 1940s, where World War II is happening, this is at the same time that the Nazis are mimicking um, eugenics laws in the United States and starting to impose them on Jews and Christians and other people. This is where the the, the Nazi regime is starting to gain a lot of its power. Okay, right now the banking plot fails. The bankers completely deny it. Right, Not and. Me. The United States kind of slowly starts getting into this new economic plan and starts recovering from the Great Depression. How dare you recover? Now, Scott Horton, 
of Harper's Magazine in 2007, published a great article. Um, he's an American attorney known for his uh, work in human rights law and the law of armed conflict. Um, in 1934, business plot in this article, he talked about how retired Marine Corps General Smetley Butler um, helped over tried to was was approached to help overthrow Franklin Delano Roosevelt, known as the business plot. Mm-hmm. And he was approached by members of multiple banking cartels, including a company known as Union Banking Corporation. Mm. Now, have you ever heard of Union Banking Corporation, Jim? I have a feeling I did, but I don't. I think they've changed their name, haven't they? Well, in 1942, Union Banking Corporation was seized. Under the Trading with the Enemy Act, and the assets were held during the duration of World War II because they were funding the Nazi Party. That's because one of their main um, owners was a guy by the name of Fritz Thyssen, a German steel magnate. If you ever get in an elevator and you see Thyssen in there, yeah, 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 that's that's Fritz Thyssen's company, uh, a really? German steel magnate who was an early supporter and financier of the Nazi Party. We're going to talk more about this. We'll be right back with more Dark Light right. Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. And so now we're getting into the the heart of this. We just talked about Union Banking Corporation. Uh, Mm -hmm. The investment bank was operated as a clearinghouse for many assets and enterprises held by German steel magnate Fritz Thyssen. Uh, early financier and supporter of the Nazi Party. I've installed these these elevators in my buildings before. I'm not That's sure right. if I feel dirty yet. Tell me the part where I feel dirty. Do I should I feel dirty about this? Well, or are it... you ready to feel dirty about all of this? <sighs> all right, go ahead. All right, God, gosh. <laughs> so this is the one of the primary banks that approached Smetley Butler. That was named by Smetley Butler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you know who one of uh, two of the seven directors of that bank were? Mm-mm. You have to keep, keep me going. Well, one of the guys is, an, is a gentleman by the name of William Averell Harriman. He is the son of railroad baron E.H. Harriman. He served as Secretary mm-hmm. of Commerce under Truman, the 48th governor of New York. He was uh, known mm-hmm. as a group of foreign policy elders known as the Wise Men. He also served as the ambassador to the Soviet Union during World War II, which is quite interesting. Um, He served under multiple different presidents, including John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson. He was uh, affiliated with various organizations like the Club of Rome and the Council of Foreign Relations. He was one of the founding members of Union Banking Corporation and one of the people named in this business plot to overthrow the government. Now, isn't that interesting? Just just mm-hmm. a little bit interesting? Mm-hmm. Another gentleman who was on the board of directors of this bank that was named in both the Trading with the Enemy Act for supporting the Nazis in 1942, as well as in the business plot, was an American banker and politician. 
He was a Wall Street executive investment banker. He represented Connecticut in the United States Senate from 1952 to 1963. Um, he attended Yale College and served as an artillery officer during World War I. He became a minor partner in A. Harriman and Co. Investment Bank in 1931. Um, he's worked for many different presidents, Dwight Eisenhower, Kennedy, so on and so forth. And this guy's name is Prescott Sheldon Bush. Oh, Prescott. Oh, I knew it. As soon as you said Prescott, I knew what you're talking about. Now, Prescott oh. Sheldon Bush. For anybody who doesn't know this, is a member of the Bush family. He's the father of President George Herbert Walker Bush and parental grandfather of the President George W. Bush and Florida Governor Jeb Bush, or former former Governor Jeb Bush. And he was named in this business plot to try to overthrow the United States of America. He was convicted by Congress under the Trading with the Enemies Act for supporting and funding the Nazis. What? What? Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this gets even a little bit more interesting because you get some interesting men that come about during this time. You ever heard of uh, the early on variations of the Central Intelligence Agency known as o uh, OSS, the, uh, the Office uh, of Strategic yeah. Services? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Office of Strategic Services kind of merged with another office known as the Counterintelligence Corps, or the CIC. All right? And yeah. a lot of this happened during World War II. Now, this gentleman is quite interesting, all right? Yeah. Uh, let alone the fact that he was born in Bavaria, Germany. All right? This man here joined the United States Army. Yeah. Became an American citizen after he joined. The Army sent him to study engineering, but the program was canceled, and he instead went to the 84th Infantry Division and eventually was assigned to the Intelligence Corps. Once in the Intelligence Corps, he was sent to various parts of Germany during World War II. He was a division intelligence staff officer. He uh, established a civilian administration within Germany gathering intelligence. He was later reassigned to the Counterintelligence Corps, where he became a CIC special agent, holding the enlisted rank of sergeant. He was given over charge of many different teams, including the tracking down of the Gestapo officers and the saboteurs. He later was given the responsibility of the denazification of various districts of Nazi Germany. So what that means for everybody out there, hunting and tracking down the Gestapo and denazification, is this man was the critical element that went through Germany post-war and rounded up all the scientists, military officers, so on and so forth, that later became Operation Paperclip. Do you know this guy's name? No, huh? Heinz Alfred Kissinger. Also known as Henry Kissinger. Oh. It is so connected. It is so connected right in front of us. 
We really so, have not been paying attention. All right, <laughs> no, this welcome to the new world order. Now, this is interesting because Errol Harriman, he, he ends up passing away. Obviously, they, they killed Kennedy because Kennedy was trying to dismantle the formation of the deep state, which had basically arranged itself around two various industry complexes. This would be the military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned about. And what he was really talking about was the intelligence industrial complex that was aligning around them. Okay, and so these big philanthropists, these big businessmen were really in control of the government. This is what McCarthy was coming out and trying to say is that, hey, money is now controlling Washington, D.C. These people are communists. They're trying to imprint this. They've already tried multiple coups in the past, 1929, 1933, the 1934 with a business coup, right? They got their man, FDR, in there to at least comply with a lot of their actions. This is what brought about the Social Security numbers, uh, the, the New Deal, where it pumped up industry and pumped billions of U.S. federal taxpayer dollars into their own businesses and corporations, making them, those corporations and banks, the big guys on the street and setting and paving the way for the 1960, the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s, well, up until the 1970s, where we, uh, we leave the Breckenridge Agreement. Sorry, the Bretton Woods this is, Agreement. It's such a privileged class of people. Now, I mean, Kennedy, yeah, well, Kennedy comes in. And Kennedy, you know, be, two weeks before Kennedy died, he, he issued executive order. I think it's, um, it, it's I want to say 10,11111 or 10,111. But what this executive order was, was the printing of the congressional budget through the Department of Treasury outside of the Federal Reserve. Many people don't know he did this. He, he made an executive order that said that, hey, the president at any point in time can, through the authority of Congress, can go out there and print money through the Treasury. The Federal Reserve didn't like this. Two weeks later, he was dead. And obviously, we can understand mm. why. And then you get the whole understanding that George Herbert Walker Bush, at that time, <clears throat> was potentially working for the Central Intelligence Agency, which now we actually know. Uh, we're seeing a lot of these documents come out. And for people who don't know this, uh, Peter Jennings in 1989 interviewed uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush and was actually talking to him about uh, the John F. Kennedy assassination. He goes, well, you were in Dallas at that time. He goes, I, I was. And he goes, weren't you the one who actually called the police station and reported Lee Harvey Oswald? And President Bush is like, well, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, I got your name on a document signed that you're the one who saw Lee Harvey Oswald running from the book depository. Well, it's another Bush guy. There's a lot of Bushes. <laughs> well, and then if you go to uh, Woody Harrelson's father, Woody mm-hmm. Harrelson tells a story in private of how his father was the one in the in – the, if you look at the road, there is a drainage system. And uh, they plotted different riflemen all throughout the area because they could not miss. And one of the riflemen was Woody Harrelson's father, who was in the drainage system. And he's the one that shot Kennedy back into the left with a rifle from the drainage system. You mean? Are you telling me that what our government killed Kennedy? Well, wow. absolutely, our government killed Kennedy. So now Lyndon B. Johnson real, comes though, in, right? Well, right. Oh. Lyndon B. Johnson comes in, right? Yeah. LBJ, mm-hmm. 
And immediately you need a distraction because this is like the third coup that just happened in this country. Kennedy's going to come in. He's going to clean stuff up. He knows that the media has been infiltrated by communism. They killed McCarthy in 1957, just a few years before this election. Kennedy was friends with McCarthy. He knew everything that was going on, even though Kennedy's family is, is kind of... An elite family, they cheated to get him in the power. Yes, they cheated to get him in the power. They organized the unions and stole the votes to get Kennedy in the power. I want everybody to understand that. That is true. Okay? Yep. But the Kennedy family being a powerful um, candidate, this is like Donald Trump running for president. And instead, what they did is they shot him in the head to send a, a warning and a sign. And this is why they also killed Robert a few years later. But they needed a major distraction. And what happens right after Kennedy's assassination? We enter in to the Gulf of Tonkin, a false flag operation happens, and they start landing Marines in Vietnam. And that goes on to 1972. And what happens during that time, Nixon comes in. Institute the draft and all the other stuff. Well, yeah, institute the draft. They get rid of all able-bodied fighting men out of this country. All they leave behind is feminized little hippies smoking some weed in the grass. And then what you get is you get Nixon who comes in. Who's going to go out there and try to do some things? He knows, but he's playing the game. He's playing it right because you got to remember Kennedy um, defeated Nixon. Nixon was supposed to be the president. All right. Now Nixon comes in and he leaves what's known as the Brenton Woods Agreement, and this was his price for getting the presidency. He leaves the Brenton Woods Agreement. This agreement is basically a global agreement that all currency is going to be backed upon gold and silver. And once we left this Brenton Woods Agreement. This is when we went into a fiat currency. And immediately after this, guess what they did to Nixon? They got rid of him. They removed him through the Whitewater scandal, which Hillary Clinton just happened to be one of the lawyers appointed to represent them during the DNC during that time. Okay, so now we enter in the 1970s. You have the oil and gas energy crisis. Wow, doesn't that sound familiar? Okay, and now we have Carter, the Shah of Iran. Did you know that... uh, Carter, the Shah of Iran, and the CIA were embezzling Iranian money into um, um, with J.P. Morgan Chase. Did you know wow. that there was a congressman, Congressman Hansen, during that time traveled to Iran to release the hostages? And Iran's like, we don't want these hostages either, but if you want to get to the bottom of this, you need to go investigate the ties between J.P. Morgan, the Shah, and President Stop Carter. Stop paying your J.P. Morgan the CIA. credit cards today. Stop in the, paying in the CIA. And Hansen went and called and said, hey, look, they're going to let me leave with two of these hostages today. Do you want me to come home with them? The next day, he gets a call and says, nope, you need to come home immediately. Leave the hostages there. It's later found out that the CIA was embezzling money from the Shah before he died, as well as the whole country of Iran. This is why Iran doesn't like us. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S 
patriotfoodstorage.tv slash patriot and secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. We are back on the Dark Delight show. So now we come in, and we got Reagan. We got Reagan that comes in. And Reagan's like, I'm going to fix Carter's mistakes. I'm going to fix Carter's mistakes. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to save our country because freedom is at risk. Well, Nancy, I'm going to go out there and do what Jimmy couldn't do. I'm going to fix America. Well, and what do they do? Is that good? What do do they do? He He brings his own people in, right? And they immediately, immediately attempt an assassination attempt on his life. What was the date for that? Oh, that just happened to be 42 years ago yesterday, which is a symbolic Mm -hmm. nature because that's the same day that they just indicted Donald Trump, which means that they're giving Donald Trump a a very big warning right there. Don't step out of line. uh, March 30th is actually also a day of sacrifice uh, for those people that do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I've looked into that. Actually- not, not, not necessarily that they actually alters back and forth. Um, right. But th- that's just my thoughts on it. I've already looked looked into that kind of stuff. But okay. it's symbolic because it's a 42nd anniversary of the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan's life. But after Ronald Reagan's assassination attempt, who does he bring in? Now we have Daddy Bush. Now we have uh, – there's a guy out there. He was the uh, one of the – CEOs of Serol Pharmaceuticals in the 1970s, and uh, they were trying to enter a new chemical into the FDA. The FDA denied it. This chemical is known as aspartame. Oh. And um, they denied it, and he ended up coming in as Secretary of Defense under Reagan. His name is Donald Rumsfeld, and immediately the FDA approved aspartame for public use. Okay. Anyways, he brings in Goldman Sachs bankers, all these bankers, and Reagan really is kind of, kind of controlled during all of this time. But he makes a lot of good progress, and, and industry booms during this time. Well, Daddy Bush says, hey, I want to run for president, but the people that control them, the House of Harriman, they did not want George Bush to run for president. 
There was a few different scandals going on at that time. He had close, too close affiliation to the CIA. All the coups throughout Central and South America and Southeast Asia. Um, he, he was a very, very high priority target that, that could be utilized as a handler for a president, but was not going to make a good president. But he didn't care, and he went against the House of Harriman. He went against the elders, the wise lips. elders. And he ran for president and used his power to take the election. Well, that peed off a woman by the name of Pamela Harriman, who was uh, Averill Harriman's wife after he died. Now, if you don't know who she was, she was uh, the ambassador to France, uh, as well as a woman who's, who uh, was priorly married to a Rothschild, as well as Averill Harriman. Um, she is the, uh, she's also known as Pamela Churchill Harriman, because her father... Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Her third cousin. Okay, so her father was uh, Winston Churchill, in case you didn't know. So that could concern everybody right there. But um, so she had a house in Arkansas, and she was living in Arkansas during that time. And what she did is she went out there and started supporting this Arkansas Arkansas po- politician to rise up against George, uh, George Bush. His name was Bill Clinton. And so she paid for Bill Clinton to get into power, ended up becoming the ambassador of France. And now you have this dichotomy of of political um, powers that are converging. You have two deep states that basically are created during this time. You have the left and the right. And Bill Clinton comes in and he starts basically paving the way for the new world order to come and take in, uh, disarming our military, all these various different things. And Daddy Bush Mm -hmm. really didn't like this. Daddy Bush during this time, he held all the secrets and they wanted to keep the secrets. But what they wanted to do is they wanted to control the new world order, the neocons. Well, the, the Democrats were starting to gain power and they said, hey, look, you know, these guys don't want to share their secrets with us. We're going to do our own thing. Well, this curtails to the year 2000 during the election where Daddy Bush made sure that his son, George Bush, steals the election by taking Florida. Mm. And we know that election was stolen by George Bush. Unfortunately, Al Gore actually won that election. Right. Uh, And his his brother just happened to be in Florida at that time? Yeah, and his daddy appointed all the Supreme Court justices. So either way... What ends up happening is Bush takes the election. Well, what happens immediately after this? Uh, Gulf Wars. No, 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 no. We're in 2000. Oh. Immediately after this, we get September 11, 2001. Oh, that's right. And what did the... Then that gets us in the Gulf Wars. What did the bombs hit? The banking centers of the world. Yep. The world's financial... uh, Yeah. Yeah. This was an attack between – this is a war between the War of the Roses. This is a deep state war for power and control. Mm. Okay? Comes out of that is the Patriot Act. Everything else that we know, spying on American citizens. A lot of these older people are dead and now gone. And now enter Donald Trump, you know, comes in. And he knows everything that we're talking about. He's seen this. He's lived with these people firsthand. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and says – we have one last shot to go in there and stop these people because they've now conjoined forces. The deep state is now uniparty, conjoined forces to move the United States towards socialism, towards communism, towards a world government. And Donald Trump becomes our last hope. And this man comes in and what do they do? They use all the weapons that they have at their arsenal against him. 
and they try to take him down. Now they've indicted him. Weaponize the DOJ at the risk. This is how scared they are. This is how desperate they are to take out Donald Trump because he is a, a variable that they can't control. Now, here's my thoughts. I yeah. think that if Donald Trump gives himself up, gets rid of his security detail, gets rid of his Secret Service, they're going to an attempt, an assassination attempt on his life. I think on Tuesday when he's supposed to be in New York City, you're going to see massive riots and protests of Antifa, of BLM. And they are going to mm-hmm. try to take away Donald Trump. It will make him a martyr, but it will not allow him to be president in 2024, which they cannot let happen. I don't well, think they're, they're going to be successful your... in it. That's just my thoughts. Well, they're they're already doing it. Uh, there's there's uh, people in the Minnesota Capitol today. Uh, I got photographs from some of my followers that showed me those uh, things are going on. So there's things happening right now, folks. Uh, that you need to keep your head on a pivot. I'm not telling you to do what you got. You got to do what you do to keep yourself safe, and um, but keep your head on a pivot right now. This is a this is a dangerous time, and this is what they want you to do. They want you to overreact. They want you to react in a way that gets you in trouble, so they can then keep you out of power as well. They can keep you locked up, keep draining your bank account because the judicial system has unlimited resources. Remember, in the funding bill at the end of the year with Nancy Pelosi. Remember, they put in an extra, uh, what was it? Um, uh, they were going to go after an extra 1,000 people, and they gave them an extra, what, billion dollars in prosecution power or uh, money in the DOJ? Did you hear you heard about that in the funding bill at end of last year? So they know what they're getting ready to do. They funded it. They know that they got the judicial system all pumped up with cash so they can go after as many people this year as possible. It's real. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are living in, man... And so I, I think, would Josh, I, I tell yeah. you, that was a good that was a good narrative. I hope people really paid attention to what you were saying there and caught the whole thing, because it really, guys. I, I talk about this stuff. Josh talks about it. We are in World War Three. That's right, we are. And just because it's World not kinetic, mind. doesn't mean it's not real. It's very, very real. Yep. So stay vigilant. Stay out of the protest. Don't be going down there. But be ready, because things okay. are happening. Things are real. Prepare yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, as well as with gold and silver, food, and cash. Be ready for the inevitable. Much love, respect, God bless you guys. Take care. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys.